Hi, I'm Tom Power. Welcome to Toy Heart, a podcast about bluegrass. This is the last episode of season two here from Nashville is my conversation with Allison Krauss. I remember, you know, the first time I looked out in the audience and saw people singing words to our songs that only we had recorded. That was just a really crazy moment. Just never thought it would end up being there. Never thought we'd hear back from Rounder. Yeah. Never thought we would hear from Rounder in the first place. If this is your first time listening, you can hear full interviews with Jerry Douglas, Allison Brown, Bela Fleck, Larry Sparks, Jody Stecker, and so many more wherever you get your podcast. Thank you so much for listening. Later on. Hey, it's Cindy Howes and Lizzie No from the podcast Basic Folk, honest conversations with folk musicians. Basic Folk is truly changing the game with our well-researched deep dives that aim to empower the listener while fostering the folk community. I basically am writing worship music for youth group rejects. Maternal regrets and maternal guilt are universal. I try to make things that are beautiful and that are made with like a purity of intention. You can listen to Basic Folk on the Bluegrass Situation Podcast Network or at basicfolk.com. Oh boy, do I have a treat for you all today. Literally, her products are delicious and also changed my life. I've been using them for six months. This is not an ad. I love them, have loved them, love Carly Stein, who created them, which is why I had to have her on the podcast. And so today, you get to hear about my new friend, Carly Stein, founder and CEO of the incredible company Beekeepers Naturals. She left the job that made her miserable and took the first step to turn what was her passion for beekeeping into a massively successful business. Y'all are going to hear about her very dark journey with, with chronic illness to how she then discovered propolis, the, the bee's secret ingredient that's also our healing secret ingredient now, thanks to Carly. She went from being a Goldman Sachs trader to leaving that job to follow her passion of launching Beekeepers Naturals. And she has been named one of Forbes 30 Under 30. You guys, her amazing story is going to help encourage all of you listening to follow your passion above all else also, any aspiring entrepreneurs, Carly's story will have you fired up. You can do it. You can turn your passion into a thriving business. And just one thing I love about Carly and Beekeepers Naturals is that her company's mission is also to protect the world's bee population, which as you all know, I love the bees. We, we have 50,000 bees, my husband and I, and it's one of my life missions to help protect the world's bee population. So I can't think of a better way than supporting this company that not only heals all of us humans through the incredible bee products, but also is healing the bee population. The bees, without the bees, we have nothing, you guys. If the bees die, we all die. So I can't wait for you guys to hear this amazing episode with my new friend and total badass female CEO, humanitarian activist, Carly Stein. Hello, Carly. Hi. I'm so excited to finally have you on here. I know anybody who follows me on Instagram knows how obsessed I am with Beekeepers Naturals products. I think it's been what, like maybe six, five months since I've been using them or four? Yeah, I feel like I know you I because know. we've had so many digital interactions. <laughs> I reached out to Carly because I discovered the products, became obsessed with using them and listened to like every podcast you were on talking about them. But also because I love bees. Like we, this is the first year we moved. And so at our new house, we can't find the right spot to keep them. So we've had a hive always. And now it's our first time not having them on our property, but they live in Malibu. Um, and my husband's been like a hobbyist beekeeper forever. So I've learned so much from you that I can't wait for everybody to hear that I've been telling him like, no, no, no. Like, do you know how much pesticides are probably in our honey? And this is why we have to use beekeepers naturals, honey, because I know there's not pesticides. But um, let's let's take everybody uh, on the beginning of this journey. So. What I find most incredible about your path is 
because so many people in America suffer with chronic illness, how you went from growing up as a child who had illness to discovering the power of healing of this bee propolis when you were overseas. So let's do a deep Carly dive into your, into your path to the bees. Okay. I'll start from the beginning. So I had kind of a windy road. Um, so I'm allergic to most strains of antibiotics and growing up, I had chronic tonsillitis. So for anybody who doesn't know what that is, it's a viral throat condition. And most people who get tonsillitis, they'll take antibiotics and zap it and move on with their life. If they have chronic tonsillitis like me, they'll typically get their tonsils out. For me, because of my issues with antibiotics and because I have a really bad reaction to most mainstream medicine, none of those things were an option for me. So I was basically always either on the verge of getting sick or sick. So growing up, I would like, I was like missing weeks of school at a time. I was just always sick. I saw every specialist. I tried everything and um, I ended up just feeling really hopeless, really, really hopeless. Like so many people with, you know, different ailments. And, you know, I'm very fortunate in that what I was struggling with wasn't life-threatening, but it absolutely altered my life quality and there were no answers. Um, so, you know, the Western model, I just really didn't fit into it. I saw, I saw a lot of doctors and um, I would try different things that in many cases made me sicker and other cases didn't work. And then I had a lot of practitioners that were like, I don't know what to do with you. You just have to suck it up. This is how it is. You have to be really careful for the rest of your life. And I was like, I'm already missing out on every fun experience. Like I, you know, my childhood was very altered by this. Um, but it was really, really a frustrating experience and really isolating. And so that was kind of my experience with the sort of traditional medical model. And so once I hit sort of teenage years and I started really realizing like, this sucks and there has to be answers. Like, I just don't believe that there's no solution for me. And so I started really exploring the world of natural wellness and I was really excited about that world. And, you know, there's a lot of incredible aspects of that world, but ultimately I, I was spending time and money I didn't have on these natural solutions that made big, bold claims. And in many cases were very well branded. My husband calls it the men with a snake oil. He's like, Beth, you like search. Cause I love natural health, but it's so expensive. And you half the time it's either placebo or it doesn't work or yeah, it's crazy. Really? super expensive. It's really not properly regulated. Yeah. And so there's, there's some incredible natural products, just like there's incredible medicine, yeah. medical model. Um, but there's a lot of snake oil and there's a lot of, you know, stuff that just doesn't work. And that was my experience time and time again. And I was spending all, like I was waitressing, I was in high school and I was spending all my money on these things that again, didn't work. And in some cases made me sicker. And so I became really disillusioned with the world of natural wellness. And I was like, okay, where do I fit? Because the traditional system again has kind of spit me out and I just don't trust anything on the wellness side, but I was still hopeful because I wanted to solve this problem. I, it sucked. I was in pain so frequently. It was like, I would have a hard time breathing. My face would swell up. It was just really challenging. And so that was just kind of the state of affairs for me uh, for a very long time. And when I was in college, I did a semester abroad. I went to study in Sweden and I, I was like traveling all over Europe. It was my first like big trip and I busted my butt waitressing again to have the money to go out there. And it was like my first big trip on my own. And I'm traveling around Europe with my exchange friends and we touched down in Florence and I was so excited because it was like a dream to go there. And right when I get to Florence, maybe like, I don't know, within a few days, I got a really severe tonsillitis flare up. Really, really severe to the point where I was having I was having extreme difficulty breathing. And I was like, oh my gosh, it's happening again. I have to go home. And I was just like sitting in my hostel while all my friends were kind of out exploring. They were I forced them to go because I didn't want everyone like missing out. And also I was like deathly ill. And but I was like, I just I can't live this way. And I refuse to accept this. And so I just went, I went to the closest pharmacy. It wasn't like 
a natural health food store. It was like a basic pharmacy. And I went in and I spoke to the pharmacist and I was like, I riddled off the long list of things I'm allergic to. I told her all my symptoms, this like sob story of what I've been dealing with. And she's just like, oh, you need propolis. And I was like, what's that? <laughs> okay, tell me more. And she's like, you know, from the bees. And I was like, oh, so honey, like many of us, I was only aware of honey because that's really what we know of in North America as like the single bee byproduct when really there's so much more. But she's like, no, 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 propolis, it's anti-inflammatory, it's antiviral, it's antifungal, it's an immune supporter. She was telling me, you know, all of the different ways that propolis is recognized. And um, I was like, sure, I'll try it. And so she gives me this tincture of propolis and it's like this little glass tincture and there's barely any information on it. But she tells me how to use it. And so I start using it. And in about five days, I made a full recovery. That had never happened to me before. Like I had tried everything and I'd never had that sort of just like get better experience. Um, and it was really interesting because basically what happened for me was propolis functioned for me the way antibiotics do for most people when they have tonsillitis. I was able to really recover without the adverse reaction. And yeah, it was just unbelievable. So. I went back, obviously, freaking out, and she was just like, yeah, of course, that's what I told you would happen. Calm down. Um, so anyways, I bought, like, <laughs> all the propolis they had, and I was like, I'm, I'm cured. This is great. And I start, I just kept using it. So I was, the one thing for me, I was really scared of getting sick again. And so I was like, okay, this helped me, but what if I get sick again? What if this happens again? Am, am I going to get, like, a resistance to it? And she was like, no, use it every day. It will support your immune health. If you do start feeling run down or something coming on, just use more of it. And wow. she gave me like, she's like, you know, this many drops. If you have a sore throat for daily use, it was just three drops in my water and I would just drink it. And I, I was, I continued using it and I didn't get sick again. And I, at the same time was doing a ton of research. I was pretty good at researching things by this point after a lifetime of being allergic to like every Everything. single thing I've ever touched. Um, so I started doing quite a bit of research and that's when I started learning this isn't new. Like the first human recorded use of propolis dates back to 300 BC. This isn't like some new trendy stuff. This is really what a lot of people across cultures were using before the advent of modern medicine. And there's this really interesting healing history with propolis just across cultures. The ancient Egyptians used it. Um, Actually, in the 17th century, it was listed in the London Pharmacopedia as an official drug. Wow. So, yeah, we've really been using propolis for immune support, for its anti-inflammatory effects, um, and just for general germ fighting. And then there were also, you know, it's natural, so we're not seeing the same sort of right. trials. trials. Science trials. Yeah. Yeah. But, but that being said especially for a natural product, there were quite a few strong studies by academic institutions focused on the immune effects of propolis, the immune supporting effects. So I, I was using this, I was learning all about it. And then as I traveled around Europe, I started noticing that these different bee products, like these more nuanced bee products going beyond honey were like pretty commonplace. Um, like when I was in France, I found these brain supplements with royal jelly in them. And that was the first time that I'd heard of royal jelly, you know? Um, and then when I was in Copenhagen, I started using these bee pollen products to support energy. And so I was using all these different bee products that I was getting from different places and I was feeling amazing. And next thing you know, seven months had gone by and I didn't get really sick. Maybe I had like a moment here or there where I woke up with a tickle in my throat, but I was able to use propolis and like zap it before it turned into something. And so I had radically changed my health during that time by just kind of incorporating these bee products into my routine. And after literally a lifetime of trying everything, like the expensive products, the weird remedies, seeing the best acupuncturist, the ear, nose and throat doctors, the naturopaths, like every perspective, everything, this was just the first time something worked for me. And it was like weird and simple and came from bees, which I had never really thought about as like, you know, something that could provide medical intervention. 
Um, but I was feeling amazing. And so I was like, you know, at that point, I was a student, definitely not thinking about starting a company. I did social sciences in my undergrad, and I had a focus on biology and chemistry. And I, I don't think I, I actually, I never took a business course in my life. So wow. I never thought I would like end up in this world. And now you're running like your 30 under 30 Forbes, <laughs> huge company. But it, I love that it came out of like, like you're the only and best spokesperson for it because it worked for you. So it's different than an entrepreneur just saying like, I really want to have this clothing line because I believe in this. You're like, no, this literally changed my entire life. I mean, I think that's the best. I think some of the most incredible companies start that way because I wasn't looking for like a hole in the market right. or an opportunity for profit. I was just really sick and I needed to solve my own problems. And that's what this started as. So even at that point, when I came home from Europe, so came home from Europe, went to finish university in Canada where I'm from. And, you know, when I ran out of my propolis, I was like, hey, I still feel good. I'm fine. I'll just get propolis when I get sick again. Lo and behold, I got sick again, midterms rolled around and I was pulling all nighters and all the stuff students do. And um, I got pretty sick and I was, I wasn't so concerned. I was like, it's fine. I'll just go get some propolis. So I go to a local pharmacy. Nobody knows what I'm talking about. <laughs> then I go to like the weird hippy dippy health food store. Again, no one knows what I'm talking about. There's like aisle after aisle of Manuka honey and right. organic honey but no propolis. And so I started to panic. I was like, what do I do? Um, so I searched everywhere for propolis. I ended up finding it at this farmer's market in Vancouver, British Columbia. And it was like, I was so happy, but it was like this little tincture of propolis. It was $40. It was very expensive for like the tiniest amount. It was organic. It was artisanal. It was like beautiful. I was super excited. So I buy this product go back to Victoria, which is like the island. I don't know how familiar you are with Canada, but that's where my college campus was. And um, I start taking this product and I had a really severe allergic reaction. And that was like, I was very confused. I was like, what on earth is happening? The thing that cured me many times over for the past seven months is, seems to have made me really sick. And um, at that time, I was a TA for my chemistry class. So I ran a toxicity panel on the product I'd purchased. And I was like, oh, my gosh, there's pesticides in this. And it was only trace amounts of pesticides, but it was pesticides. And, you know, I think for people with a different sort of health profile, they wouldn't have even noticed it. But for me, with such a sensitive system, my body super reacted to it and I, I felt really betrayed because I was like, this was one super expensive. I mean, $40 for like a little thing is expensive. Yeah. <laughs> and as a student, it was even more painful. Um, and two, it was organic. And I right. was like, how can you call this organic when there's pesticides in it? So I started doing a ton of research on the industry of beekeeping. And that's when I learned about the problems with the organic certification. Because as we know, as people who've worked with bees, you can't put a leash on them. So the way you can have, you know, organic blueberries or organic beef, blueberries and beef, they stay put. Cows in, the blueberries aren't going to move. But for bees, just because their hive lives on certified organic land, it doesn't mean they're not going to fly next door and get exposed to whatever is in the neighbor's flowers. Yeah. And the bees can forage for a five mile radius. So that's like pretty far that they're willing to go. So unless you have organic grounds in a five mile radius on all sides, it's pretty hard to control for pesticides. So after kind of realizing that and understanding the industry of beekeeping and how there isn't like a measure or certification for pesticide free or anything like that, I was really frustrated and I had like my moment of wallowing of being like, well, I guess I either have to move to Europe, which I can't afford <laughs> or <laughs> or I'm just going to be sick forever here. Um, I just realized, you know, if you want something done right, you have to do it yourself. And I've always been a nature lover. I've always loved every creature. And I was completely infatuated with bees just based on my kind of healing experience. And so I was like, you know what? I'll just do my own beekeeping and I'll monitor the area. 
I'll find my own grounds. Like I had no idea how any of this worked, but I was just like, I'm going to do it and I'm going to do it pesticide free and I'll make my own products. Still not even thinking about starting a company. I was just like, I need this to function. And so again, some more Googling and I found my local chapter of our beekeeping association meetings. And I started going to these meetings. They're free. Um, by the way, if anyone's interested, most places beekeeping associations, you can always get involved and start learning. So I started going to these meetings and I found myself a mentor and I found myself the best mentor ever. His name's John. He is a third generation beekeeper from Romania and a retired biochemist. And he basically moved to Vancouver Island, which is like as remote so as it gets. Yeah, it's such, oh, so beautiful there. Um, but he wanted to just kind of keep bees and be a recluse. He's since moved back to Romania because he's grandchildren now. But um, at the time he was kind of just like wilderness man. And I started as his apprentice and he was like pretty strict with me, like would let me go near the bees for the first several weeks. And I was just like washing hive tools. And then he slowly kind of let me work, really work with them. And because he has a background um, in sciences as well, he was like really a practical teacher. It was really incredible. And I was having this amazing hands-on experience with the bees. And then I would take all the product I'd harvested over to the lab and test it and do the right extraction type. And that was like my first prototype of what's now our best-selling product, our propolis spray. And I was like purely just making this for me. And my friends thought I was completely crazy. Now it's like a cool hipster thing to be into bees. Totally. But, but at that time, like, yeah. Oh my God. Even when People I first met my husband I, I, 10 years ago, he's like, I keep bees. I'm like, say what? Like, you do what? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Aren't they scary? He's like, no, it's the most zen thing ever. And then as soon as you suit up and you feel them all around you, it's almost like music. It's like the most zen thing ever. Yeah, 100%. Yeah, they actually do in some parts of the world rehabilitative courses using bees because just the hum of the hive, the sound, it's so therapeutic and you have to move so slowly because you know they're very responsive to pheromones. So if you're freaking out, they're going to freak out. But it's a really beautiful hobby it, it's like kind of the place that I meditate when I'm with bees totally. um, but everyone thought I was crazy was like, <laughs> and I was in college so people were like what are you doing with this like 60 year old dude in the woods with a bunch of bees in like a weird suit like this is very strange but I was making all these products and I started sharing them with my roommates and Next thing you know, I had people on campus Facebook messaging me being like, hey, I heard you have like some cool product that can help me not get sick. I've just pulled three all-nighters. Can I buy it from you? And so I started selling like really small batches of the products I was making, really the propolis spray for the most part. And that was kind of my first moment where I was like, okay, maybe this could be a business. It's working for, you know, it's working for everyone. Pretty much I give it to, they like it. And if broke college students are willing to pay a premium for bee products out of some chick's dorm room, there might be a bigger population that's really interested in a more natural, really effective medicine. And so I kind of had this dream of starting this bee product company and reinventing the medicine cabinet and, you know, creating kind of a new way to heal. Uh, and I, I told a few people and pretty much everyone was like, yeah, that's a really bad idea. Don't, <laughs> don't do that. That's a really bad idea. And um, so I was very affected by that. And then I was also, as many college students do, I was graduating with negative funds. So I definitely didn't have money to be starting a business um, or supporting myself without a full-time job. And then I was also really fortunate to get a good job offer out of school. So I had a job offer at this hedge fund to join them as a pharmaceutical researcher. So I would be doing sciences, I would be doing research, but in a hedge fund space um, in the finance world. And so I took that job and I was at the hedge fund for about 10 months. And I actually had like a really wonderful experience. It was my first exposure to the world of finance. And I was, I do love research. And so I was spending a lot of time, I mean, all my time doing that, but it was also kind of fanning the flame for sort of how passionate I am about um, the lack of care in certain aspects of our medical model. So, you know, a lot of what I was doing was like research on patent pending drugs. And so these are pharmaceutical drugs. And I would do a lot of research on if they were going to get approved or not. And in doing the research and making the call on if they were going to get approved or not, I had to look at things like side effects and 
the bad sides of the trials and that sort of thing. And I would see these things and I, I was frustrated because certain things I felt like the side effects weren't really disclosed the way they should be and they would just get approved no problem. Um, and, you know, there's definitely a place for all of these things. And I'm a big believer in different forms of medicine and really just doing what works for you. But I also think there is a growing population of autoimmune and of people with sensitive systems and um, there needs to be solutions for them as well. And so question for you about autoimmune, because I was going to ask you this, you bring it up and it reminds me. So my mom has lupus and like for, for this kind of product for her, the thing with autoimmune is sometimes immunostimulants yeah, can be the opposite, right? So is propolis or the royal jelly or anything in that an immunostimulant that would affect someone with an autoimmune negatively or no, there's no concern with that? So this is the great thing about bee products. Now, first of all, let me say for autoimmune, there's a huge amount of variance. Right, so everybody's different, everyone, totally. Yeah, everyone should be super careful. That being said, I know, for example, oil of oregano can be too stimulating yes, for yes. people with autoimmune. So the nice thing about bee products and something that's really unique is that they're actually immunomodulatory agents. So what does that mean? It, they really think of like the concept of an adaptogen where okay. it's working with your body. Bee products work really kind of gently and hand in hand with your body. So they'll sort of see your immune system and regulate it. Wow. Um, so for that's why for people who have autoimmune or, you know, you see a lot of people with Lyme disease who have sort of yeah. um, these, this sort of response to general immune boosters too. B products tend to be really helpful, propolis specifically. I'm going to send you some extra for your mom and, you know, get her to just sort of try a little bit at a time and see how it works for her. But we have a ton of customers with autoimmune and that's actually kind of the group that really championed this company in the beginning. Wow. Um, that's yeah, so exciting so, to hear. I mean, that's, yeah, yeah awesome. It's crazy. And autoimmune's on the rise. So it, it oh. is really important that we have, you know, medicine that isn't just one size fits all, but medicine that's like more inclusive for different people with different backgrounds and different struggles. And especially during this pandemic, like the stress on the mental health of everybody, this pandemic, like I wouldn't be surprised if, because we all know that like stress you may already have the gene in you for any sort of cancer expression of it, but it's the stress that how your genes expressed is, yeah. is you can control with certain things. But it's like this year, I feel like everybody's just been so stressed that to have these products, you know, that, that are so natural, that are ancient, like from mm -hmm. Egyptian, you know, that we know aren't going to hurt you in any way. Uh, it's mm -hmm. so exciting. Um, okay, yeah. I'm just thinking for listeners because I realize I know what propolis is. I know what royal jelly is. I, I, well, I want to get to where do we want to go first? Because I want to get to from Goldman Sachs to then actually how Beekeepers Naturals came to be, and then mm -hmm. maybe we do that first. And then I figured we should we should then tell everybody exactly what these are because it's also fascinating how the bees use like propolis and what it does for them and their hives. So I want to make sure we. I want to make sure we do cover everything. There's so much I, I want to ask you. <laughs> okay, so I'll finish the sort of backstory and then I'll do a little Hive 101 for everyone. Awesome. So I'm working at this hedge fund. 10 months into that, I got recruited by Goldman Sachs. Um, I thought they were going to hire me into a research position or maybe like a business development position, but they ended up placing me in trading. And I was like, what? I don't even know what, I hardly know what a trader is. I mean, I knew a thing or two about finance by that point, but like I was 10 months in to the workforce with no background. So anyways, I find myself on the trading desk at, at Goldman Sachs. It's a very intense environment. Um, I was a major minority on the trading floor. Um, and it was a really interesting experience. It was incredible for my work ethic. Um, I was on a very intense team and I learned a lot and I had to learn a lot quickly and I had to become like 10 out of 10 at, at time management and everything. But I also, I never really cared about finance. I was never really interested in that world. And I started really struggling because I had this very like good on paper job. I had a job that people in New York recognize. Goldman Sachs is a brand name. It's a massive bank. People think if you work there, you must be smart. So <laughs> it hit on my ego. It pinged my ego in all the ways. And I felt really trapped. 
I felt like I need this job to survive. I need this job to support myself. I'm never at like some fluke. I got this job in the first place. I'm never going to get a job this good again. And this is kind of the objective stamp of approval that lets people know that I'm smart and I'm not a slacker. And so I was really tied to my job and I was also really miserable because it was just really out of line with what I care about. Like I'm a person whose happy place is with the bees in the woods um, and not like on a trading floor in Manhattan. And um, I just felt really trapped. And I also, you know, wasn't, I was working some pretty grueling hours and my sleep was suffering. And I started really struggling with anxiety. I was having panic attacks all the time. I remember thinking I was having a heart attack and I went to the, the doctor saying I'm having a heart attack. And she's like, you're having a panic attack. That's what I had too. My first panic attack when I was in high school, I t they thought I had a heart condition because I kept telling them I, something was wrong with my heart. And finally yeah. a doctor was like, what are you thinking about when your heart starts to like you not be able to breathe? Tested me for yeah. asthma. Hopefully doctors now understand that that can be panic quicker than what we went yeah. through. I feel you on that sister. <laughs> yeah. You know, it's, it's a crazy experience. Yeah. Um, yeah. So, I mean, my mental health was really struggling because I was basically doing something that was really inauthentic and doing it for all the wrong reasons. And I sat down and um, I did what type A people do. I made a spreadsheet about happiness and I was trying to identify the point in time in my life when I was just like the happiest. And the things I kept coming back to were working with bees and playing mad scientist in the lab and making products. And working with bees was not exactly accessible for me at the time because I was splitting time between New York and Toronto. I was flying back and forth all the time. And I was like living in a tiny studio apartment um, and I didn't have access to a lab, but I, I knew what to do. And I ordered some basic lab equipment online and I started sourcing bee product from my mentor out in BC. He would just send me like bulk product. Um, and I was using my Goldman salary to pay for it. And I started making products in my studio apartment. And this was like another time where my friends thought I was crazy because they would come in and they would be like, this looks like Breaking Bad. What's happening? <gasps> oh my God. It was insane. And at that time still, I wasn't allowing myself to call it a company or, you know, I, I wasn't going there. I was just like, I'm doing this because it makes me really happy. This is my version of creativity you know, I like to build things and I like to build things for health and I'm just making this for myself and I'm gifting them to friends. And, um, you know, a few months into that, one of my girlfriends was working at this event company that puts on pop-ups and she was like, why don't you come to one of our makers pop-ups and have a little booth and sell your bee products? Like everyone you give them to really likes them. It's kind of weird and quirky. It'll be fun. And so I do that. And it was like, the worst booth ever, literally like a cardboard sign with B stickers. Aww. Like I went to a color store and put B sticker. It was so embarrassing. Um, but I, I had these products and I had a few customers and it was really a lot of parents. It was a lot of young parents who, and I think it was like, once I started speaking to me, then it really resonated and, and people started say, sharing their story. And, you know, I had one mom who she's like, I have a six-year-old with Hashimoto's and he gets really severe canker sores in his throat and it's an inflammatory condition and he's always crying and there's pain. And I was like, okay, propolis might be able to help for that. And so I was selling, I was selling product and everyone, literally every single person who bought product, I gave my cell phone number to because I wanted to like hear if it worked and hear their feedback and hear if it didn't work and they hated it. And I started getting all these texts of it worked. Where, wow. How can I get more? Where, where, when are you going to have another booth? Where are you going to be? And that was the start of my like super secret moonlighting as like a farmer's market person. As you were um, still but, in the hedge fund world or trading floor world? Yeah. Wow. And it was your secret. I was like, no one can know about <laughs> this. Well, we'll think I'm insane. I remember being at farmer's markets and there was like some guy I worked with who was telling me how his wife loves farmer's markets. And I was like, oh my God every woman with like dark hair, I was like freaking out. Cause I didn't, I just like, no one could know. Um, but the same thing kept happening. I would have this little booth and I had, you know, a few people with specific health issues. Some people came over just thinking it was honey and who liked honey, but I was able to talk to them. And once I explained what it was, they were kind of like, Oh, medicine. Okay. Interesting. 
my mom gave me honey and lemon when I was young or, you know, they would tell me some story. And then once I really explained it to them, they were fascinated and like, I think, I don't know if they felt bad for me or their interest was piqued, but people would typically buy something. And again, I was giving out my personal information, which now I understand how insane that is. Um, but I was getting all of this customer feedback and I was, you know, using it to, and I would, I would iterate and, Without realizing it, again, I, I was doing a ton of customer testing and perfecting my product before I launched the company. Like now looking back, I can say that. At the time, I was just like totally reactive. Um, and so that kept happening. And I started, I built an email list and I had this like email following that would follow me around to farmer's markets. And I started doing farmer's markets in different places um, and just like different markets really or events, anything I could. And um, it got to a point where I had enough customers that I set up a website. And then I started to have real sales. And again, the same kind of feedback from customers of like, nothing's worked for me, this works, or I react to everything and this is working. Um, my kids love it or, you know, all kinds of stuff. And at that point I was like, okay, now this is real beyond just me following my dreams and all the selfish reasons that I would love to run this company and not have my day job at doing something I hate in an environment that I don't care about. I just think this needs to exist in the world. Cause I think about, you know, my experience and how lost I felt. Um, and the fact that I have stumbled upon something that has the ability to help people, it should exist and it should be accessible and people should know about the options they have. And so that was kind of when I was like, someone's got to do this and it's going to be me. So I left Goldman end of 2016. Literally everyone in my life thought I was having a mental breakdown. <laughs> I now call it a mental breakthrough. Why do people think that when you follow your passion, it's all of a sudden a mental breakdown. It's like, oh I, I just, we got to fix that as a culture, you know? It, it was, it was so tough. Like I, I just had a huge amount of judgment. Everyone telling me I was making a big mistake. I also put all my savings into the company, um, moved out of my apartment and I lived on my best friend, Adam's couch for over six months. Like wow. I fully, it was, um, a two bedroom apartment and it was Adam in one room and then his roommate, Christian and his girlfriend, Emma in the other, and then me on the couch in the main room. And like, everyone was okay with it. I mean, we had some issues, but thank God for Adam. He's still my best friend. He's going to be a bridesmaid in my wedding. Um, awesome. but but yeah, so I, I really just kind of put everything into the company and I had to really focus and tune out the noise. And um, I started really putting it together. I, I got in touch with my best friend from Canada, this guy, Daniel Miller, who he was an M&A lawyer at like a big law firm and I needed his help to set it up and I could hardly pay him, but you know, we've been friends forever. So he agreed to help. And he was the ultimate skeptic. He was one of the ones who like, he cared so much about me. And because he cared about me, he was like, I love you and you're making a mistake. <laughs> so weird. Please don't. And I was like, I'm going to do it. And I just need your help. And so he started helping me do something called um, getting NPN numbers. So this is part of what kind of makes beekeepers different. So, you know, we we're talking about the world of natural wellness and how you can't trust it. And in the US, there's the FDA. And then when it comes to natural, there's no regulation. So it's kind of the wild west. And in other parts of the world, there is some regulatory structure. So in Canada, for example, Health Canada provides this program where you can go through Health Canada and get NPNs or natural product numbers. And in order to do that, you have to legally validate to the government of Canada that this product does what I claim it does. Like if it says throat spray on our bottle, we have to show them third-party studies, we have to show them that our extraction types, our quantities are in line with these studies and that it actually does what we say it's going to do. And so for me, even though I was like mostly living in the US, um, it was really important to have that certification because for me as a consumer, I couldn't take anything without an NPN number. I still don't really. I, and like, you know, I know now where to get products and which companies will work for me and which ones won't, but it was a major benchmark for me. And for people who do have health issues, it's not something that the mainstream knows about, but for people with really serious health issues, they do. And I just wanted some objective, like this has been tested. It's not just this girl's crazy idea. So I really wanted to get NPN certified. 
And I convinced Daniel to do the legal work for me for a heavy discount. And as he was going through that, he, you know, he's legally validating health claims to the government of Canada, which is like pretty strict. Um, he was, he came to me and he's like, okay, there's like real, these things have some real research behind them. And I was like, yeah, he had a sore throat and he used the propolis one day and it took it away like overnight. And he came back to me and he's like, okay, I think I want to do this with you. Like, this is cool. And this is real. And I was like, okay, well, I love you. And you're the smartest person I know. And you've got the JD MBA, but you're not a beekeeper. And this is a sustainable company and everyone in senior management needs to have beekeeping experience. So I'm sorry. Um, so I said, no. And he went out and he did a apprenticeship course in beekeeping. And this is like, while he's articling and working insane hours, he came back to me a few months later and he was like, I'm a beekeeper now. And I was like, okay, that's commitment. You're in, um, this is in 2017. And so he was my, my first team member. And, you know, in many ways, he's really my co-founder. And, um, that's when we kind of really launched it. He was still working at the law firm. So it was just kind of a one woman show with Daniel, on some evenings and weekends. And um, I had a few other people kind of part-time helping me out. And then 2018, I mean, it's, it really grew over that year. And then 2018, Daniel quit his job at the law firm and he joined us full-time. And now he's our chief operating officer. And today we have 38 employees and we're growing a lot. And um, we just did a national launch with Whole Foods and Sprouts. Wow, congrats. And, uh, so that's the story. <laughs> and just thinking about, so for you and for him, because now obviously it's years in and the company's so successful, do you guys still get to go into the woods and see your bees and beekeep? Like you do. Okay. Not as much as I would like right. to, um, but we have a sustainable supply chain. So all of the apiaries and beekeeping partners we work with, we do audits on. And so ah. we do a lot of different things to audit them, but... Um, you know, I do spend time with them. I mean, there's, we, we work all over the world because we basically chase like pesticide free clean lands. Um, so there's a few who I haven't spent like tons and tons of time with, but I, I definitely get to when it's not COVID, like at least quarterly, if not more, um, not as much as I would like, I would like to be out there every day. And that's kind of like a one day thing. Um, but right now it's, that can be it's your just, retirement or when the company is just said you could step aside <laughs> and be like, I'm just going to keep the bees. You guys can take the, did you find for yourself that the creativity has, this is what I ask a lot of the artists on the harmonics is, do you find that like now that you've made this passion into this incredibly successful company, do you struggle again with any of the sort of like vocation now, like your passion becoming your vocation and, and, do you do you still feel as like creatively inspired and excited? Has that shifted? I actually feel way more inspired and way more excited um, because scale is really exciting. Like the idea that what I'm doing can touch more and more people's lives, that fills me up in a really big way. And then, you know, I definitely have off days and it's a startup. So I work like crazy, but the second I have like a customer experience, we have the, we have like an all hands call once a week and our, our um, customer love team, they always read a customer review and we have like a Slack channel where everyone posts customer reviews. And if I'm having a bad day, I just go in and read those. And it's really interesting because like so many people just feel so isolated with their health and these products are working for people who have had a hard time finding solutions. And they're also working for people who don't have, you know, a bunch of allergies, but just want something sustainable to support their immune health and help them feel better, particularly during these uncertain times. I was going to say, particularly right now with COVID, I mean, these are, yeah, I would imagine that it's people are desperate for some of these re remedies that actually work that are of an affordable price point. Definitely. And that's a big part of it too, is, you know, trying to make sure because wellness can be really elitist and we do have a sustainable supply chain and we do heavily invest in product development and testing. So you know, there's only so much we can do, but we work really hard to make it affordable. And the vision is to eventually have these as accessible as like a NyQuil. And, you know, so everybody can really choose um, when they're sick, if they want to use something more synthetic or a more natural option. So that's kind of where the company is going. 
Um, but let me do a Hive 101 because yes. a lot of people probably still don't have any idea what we're talking about. I mean, that's, yeah. And just bees in general, when you guys hear this, like what they do with these, uh, their product, their products, their, their, their life source that they use. It's incredible. Amazing. Okay. So I'll start off with honey because everyone probably knows honey. So honey for the bees, the honey is their food source. You can think of it as their carbs and it comes from floral nectar. So it comes from flowers. The bees have these long tube-like tongues and they'll stick them into the flowers and suck up the nectar. They put it, they have two stomachs. One's, base, one's like a normal stomach and the other one's basically a nectar backpack. And so they put the nectar in their honey stomach, bring it back to the hive, share it with the hive. And then they basically fan it to take the moisture out and it ferments and it becomes honey. And so again, that's how they make it. And it's their carbs. Honey for humans, there's a lot of health benefits, tons of antioxidants. Um, there are antibacterial effects. There's anti-inflammatory effects. Honey's actually, a lot of people don't realize this, but honey is really good for calming the body. It actually, when you have honey, it creates like a slow, steady spike in insulin, um, which allows cer certain chemicals like tryptophan to cross the blood-brain barrier. I had no and idea. So, yeah. He's actually really, really great for having before bed to calm you down. If you have anxiety, anything like that, there's tons of benefits to honey. Um, but honey is kind of like the most mainstream and it's not as medicinal as some of the other products. But so honey comes from flowers. It's the bees carbs. Propolis. I'm holding up. Woo. <laughs> it's okay. I've got another one. Oh my God. Um, you have a backup. That's amazing. <laughs> like, I have like, this is my workstation. So you're like, like, I have it all. <laughs> Anyways, this is our propolis. So while honey comes from flowers, propolis comes from trees. Propolis comes from plant and tree resins. So think of something like sap as the base ingredient. And the sap and like those kind of plant and tree resins, those are also the immune system of the tree. So those are like the genetic material of the tree that are protective. So the bees will collect the plant and tree resins mix it with their enzymes, bring it back to the hive, and they make this sticky color, the sticky amber colored substance called propolis, and they use it to line the entire hive and keep it germ-free. So propolis is literally the medicine of the hive. It's the protective barrier. So they line the whole hive for newborn baby bees. They'll line the inside of the cells that the newborns are gonna go into to create a sterile environment for newborns. They have a propolis mat at the front entrance of the hive so the bees can disinfect as they come in. And for the bees, literally, it's the way that they protect themselves. If there's a crack in the hive wall, they'll seal it with propolis so that no germs and pathogens get into the hive. And for humans, you can really think about it in the same way. It's kind of, I like to think of propolis as like my bodyguard. It's just a general protector. So it's antiviral, antifungal, antibacterial, anti-inflammatory. It's full of antioxidants. It's really good at just sort of protecting your body, bolstering your natural defenses, and helping you to overcome um, whatever it is you're struggling with in an immune capacity. So propolis is just a really good general protector, and it's the immune system of the hive. This is kind of like, I don't know if I should say this because some people think this is a really creepy story, but it's kind of interesting. Say it. So I, I love it. it. I think I might know. <laughs> Have you told it before? Yeah. Is it about the rat? A mouse. Or a mouse, yeah. yeah. Okay, yeah, tell it. You have to tell it. <laughs> so propolis literally is the way that the bees protect themselves from germs. And let's say like in a hive, there's honey, there's pollen, there's delicious things happening. In the wild, a mouse might get into the hive. Like, you know, if bees are actively managed, you typically know how to prevent that, but it can happen. And um, when that happens, the bees can sting the mouse and kill it but they can't pick up a dead mouse and carry it out of the hive. That's like a little heavy for them. And so what they'll do in that situation is they'll actually mummify the mouse in propolis. And propolis is that powerful as an antibacterial protective substance that it literally encapsulates all the germs from like a decaying rodent in the middle of the living room and protects the whole hive. So without that, the whole hive would die because of course a dead animal would you know, eventually rot and, and create a lot of disease. And the propolis is that powerful at encapsulating the germs and protecting the rest of the hive. So that's just like a demonstration in nature of how propolis can be a protective agent. And I kind of like to think of that analogy when you're sick, like 
if you have a germ in your body, the propolis can kind of like surround it and protect the rest of you. So that's how propolis functions in the hive. It's the critical component of the bee's immune system. It's the medicine of the hive. And for humans, it's the protector. And then royal jelly. What do I have here that has royal jelly in it? So I use your honey with all of it every single day. And I'm obsessed. (laughs) (laughs) I every single morning, it's like the first thing I put in my body. Green tea and that it's yeah, every day. So good. But yeah, so royal jelly, you can think of as sort of the brain food, or I hate this word, but I don't have a better one, the superfood of the hive. And so royal jelly, it's an excretion that the nurse bees make for the queen. And so for baby bees, all newborn baby bees for the first three days of development will be fed a diet of royal jelly. You can almost think of royal jelly as like breast milk. Um, It's like what, you know, a newborn is kind of given to really support their growth and health. So newborn baby bees, the first three days, all of them are eating royal jelly. And then after three days, all of the bees who are not to become the queen go off of their royal jelly diet and go on to like a more typical bee diet of honey and pollen. But the bee who's to become queen continues with her exclusive royal jelly diet. And like that's the food of the queen bee. That's what she keeps eating. And it's really interesting because just looking at the biological changes of the bee who continues eating royal jelly and becomes queen. So the queen bee lives three to five years versus a regular worker bee who will live six to eight weeks during foraging season. The queen bee can lay, you know, around 1500 babies a day versus regular female worker bees. They don't have reproductive organs. And then also, if you guys just Google a picture of a queen bee, she's much more robust. Like compared to a regular bee, the queen is jacked. So royal jelly is obviously creating some major biological changes in the hive. um, And it's really creating this kind of super organism. And for humans, royal jelly has been used across cultures for so many things. In traditional Chinese medicine, royal jelly is used to balance hormones. We have a lot of like acupuncturists and TCM practitioners who, when they're taking a woman off birth control, will put her on royal jelly. So I've seen a lot of that. Um, A lot of people in different cultures will use royal jelly for anti-aging. But in Western science, looking at the studies, the studies on royal jelly have really focused on the health of the brain. So royal jelly is a brain booster. It helps with focus, memory, and concentration. It helps to support the natural process of cell regeneration. So it it supports and stimulates neurogenesis and it promotes brain-derived nootropic factor. So these are things that, you know, slow down and get hurt as we age and, you know, are affected by carcinogens and toxins and all kinds of things. So you can think of royal jelly as helping to support one of our most vital organs and and really help to support our executive functioning, support brain health. Um, It's been shown to increase spatial reasoning. So we see like tons of athletes who will use Royal Jelly. um, And then a lot of people also use it for concussion recovery just because it's so nourishing for the brain. So I use Royal Jelly every day for focus memory concentration. I also love it because I try not to drink too much caffeine. And so for me in the afternoon, because I, you know, my days are pretty intense. So in the afternoon, I usually need like something to keep me in the zone. And I do a Belixir shot and I get my, my dose of royal jelly that way. Um, and I find that it really helps to support energy levels and just kind of keep me in the zone. So for the bees, royal jelly is their super food, their brain food, their, you know, super nourishing um, compound. And then for humans, royal jelly is an incredible brain food that can really help with focus, memory, concentration, help to reduce brain fog and help support energy levels. And then the last one that I'll mention is bee pollen. I use that every day too in my smoothie. <laughs> okay. Well, I only have you for a few more minutes, so I want to get in. This has been wonderful. And I hope everybody listening, like I love bees. And now I hope all of you will understand why Carly and I love bees and also why you should check out <laughs> beekeepers naturals because as she said like so many of us are in need of healing for all sorts of different reasons um and it's it's truly i can attest that how wonderful uh beekeepers naturals is so we have final questions we ask everyone you can only bring three records with you to a deserted island what would they be and why okay I just like, I've always loved The Strokes. I think Room on Fire is my favorite album. Awesome. Um, I love Kendrick Lamar. 
Good Kid, Mad City is probably my fave, but Dam is really good too. Mm. I was going to say Wu-Tang, but you're giving me three and someone who I've been really into recently, um, King Princess. Oh, yeah. She's so good. I saw her. She was on SNL, right? Recently-ish? Yeah. She's great. Oh, those are good, Carly. And Wu-Tang is good too. You can have four. That's, that's fine. What subject do you Google the most? I mean, bees. I was going <laughs> to say, probably something bees. about bees. Uh, that's funny. <laughs> well, you know what? You know what it is? It's pesticide regulation. I yeah. honestly spend hours researching pesticide regulation in different geographies. I mean, honestly, just th- I've been on like a deep dive over 2020 of trying to switch to all natural everything because of all the chemicals and pesticides and everything. But it's like once you told me that about or once I listened to you about other countries regulations and that we don't have it, it's terrifying. Like off camera, I should pick your brain about like what natural things can I use or not use and functional medicine. I've gone on a deep dive of that too, which if nobody knows what that is, we should have like a functional medicine doctor on here because my brain anytime because I also I have a lot of friends who are functional medicine doctors, our medical advisory board, we have like every kind of doctor from every background, but we can we can offline about any of this because it's like my whole life. Okay, good. I and I'm just like obsessed with it in general. I've tried to switch everything to like the most natural over this past year. And and I do notice a difference, which is crazy. Okay, so bees. Um, We always have a Dolly Parton question. I'm running out of trivia. Because like, I've asked so many people trivia questions. So I'm just gonna ask you like, what are your thoughts on Dolly? And do you have a favorite Dolly Parton song? I think she's an icon. She I love is. her. Talk about science, vaccine. Yay, Dolly. Just like how she gets involved. Anything um, where she can help, she gets involved. It's amazing. Yeah. yeah. Really good. And then, I don't know. Like, I have a lot of different songs that I really, like, I grew up, you know, listening. Yeah. Like, my mom, Dolly Parton. So, I can't really pick one. It's hard to pick. I've seen, if you ask me which Dolly Parton song. Yeah, I couldn't. I couldn't. Even her movies, I couldn't tell you. Like, I want to say Best Little Whorehouse, but, like, I also love nine to five. So yeah, she's the best. Okay, final question. This is our blank room exercise. So close your eyes. Go into a blank room. What are you hearing? The hive, the hum of the hive. What are you smelling? (laughs) Um, I'm smelling beeswax and just kind of like the floral sweet scent of bees. Mm. What are you tasting? (laughs) I knew you were going to say Robles. I was like, she has to say Robles. What are you? Sorry, when I'm around the the bees, I chew raw propolis. So like, I'll take it off and chew it like gum. My husband's done that too before. Like, I have to do it. I haven't been with him and our mentor doing it, but I recently, but I want to now after talking to you. Uh, What are you touching? Um, I'm touching flowers and maybe some like wooden frames. And what are you seeing? I'm seeing hives and bees buzzing all around me and crazy, varied wildflowers everywhere that the bees are complaining about. Ooh, I want to like meditate on that. That sounds like my dream place to just, uh, there are horses. I think there's a lot of parallels, like what you're saying, how bees can sense your energy and you need to be in a certain state for them to respond, like to not freak out or and respond and I feel like there's so many parallels with horses in that too it's it's a really cool parallel situation thank you Carly this is awesome thank you so much this is so fun so I have to tell you guys I hope you enjoyed that interview and I hope you're going on the computer right now and ordering beekeepers naturals products because the throat spray I take three sprays every morning And I also used her superfood honey every single day. I use the bee pollen before I work out. Uh, I have noticed a massive shift in my energy, my brain, my focus, uh, my immunity. I mean, I'm on a set with 400 plus people during COVID-19 and I swear by her products as what has kept me safe. I haven't even gotten a cold. I haven't been run down. And this is all, you know, I buy these products. So I just want you to know that this isn't just an ad. I am truly such a fan of Carly, what she's putting out in the world to help and save and educate people about the importance of the bees and 
also how their products that they create naturally can heal all of us and have been since the ancient days. This is not new. So we love the bees. We love Carly. And thank you, Carly, so much for being on this podcast. And I hope you guys learn something, are going to save the bees yourself, and are going to buy some Beekeepers Naturals products to keep your immune system strong and healthy. Okay. Love y'all. This episode of Harmonics was produced and edited by Chris Jacobs and is only possible with the superb leadership of executive producer Amy Wright, our Jacobs, research producer Courtney Locks, and the entire team over at the Bluegrass Situation. Don't forget to subscribe to the Harmonics newsletter for giveaways and special updates from yours truly over at harmonicspodcast.com. Theme music by Allison Russell. Discover more at Allison Russell Music on Instagram and wherever you stream your music. I'm your host, Beth Bears. Until next time, always remember that creativity is healing and healing is creative. Harmonics is available on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. Thanks so much for listening. 